you have your Bibles this evening, let's turn to 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel chapter 7. If you notice in the last couple of weeks, we've been um, learning and, and growing in the area of prayer. 2 Samuel chapter 7, we'll begin reading in verse 18. And we'll only read a couple of verses this evening. And we'll see how it goes this evening. Let's read in verse 18. 2 Samuel 7, verse 18. Then went King David in and sat before the Lord. And he said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? And this was yet a small thing in thy sight, O Lord God. But thou hast spoken also thy servant's house for a great while to come. And is this the manner of man, O Lord God? Verse 20 of 2 Samuel chapter 7. And what can David say more unto thee? For thou, Lord God, knowest thy servant. For thy word's sake, and according to thine own heart, hast thou done all these great things to make thy servant known them. Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God. For there is none like thee, neither is, are, is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And so the sermon, or the, the thought for us this evening is simply this, a prayer graced with gratitude. A prayer graced with gratitude. To have gratitude is defined as the expression of appreciation for the benefits received. It also refers to thankfulness in the scriptures. So we know the verses that we've read four times, um, talking about thankfulness and prayer. But tonight I really just wanted to emphasize this, this concept and this thought of gratitude and how it's necessary for all of us as Bible believers and as students of the Word of God to apply gratitude in our life and in our prayers. And in, so in order to do so, I'd like to comment a little bit, just a, a little bit in regards to the opposite of gratitude, which is ingratitude. And in an article made in homemade in December 1984, it says this, ingratitude and self-entitlement denotes spiritual immaturity. Infants do not always appreciate what parents do for them. They have short memories. They cons- their concern is not what you did for them yesterday, but what you're doing for me today. The past is meaningless, and so is the future. They live for the present. Those who are mature are deeply appreciative of those who labored in the past. They recognize those who labor during the present and provide for those who will be laboring in the future. And the concept today is as we, as we, we look at our life and, and God has allowed us and, and shown us just a, a little snapshot of what God can do in our life and in our church's life on Sunday. We had the opportunity to serve there at Castle Hill um, Cultural Center. And many of us um, were serving in some sort of capacity, and God sort of gave you a glimpse and said, hey, um, this could happen. God can, God can do this with our church. If you've noticed um, on, on the Sunday, um, inside the main auditorium, it was about 80% full. Um, and that's not even all our children. That's not all the workers that were supposed to be in there. Um, that was just the guests, and the people of our church. And I don't know about you, but do you know what that did? That, that blessed me. That encouraged me. To, to, to have a list this thick of, of guest visitors that, that have signed paperwork and contact cards for us to call them, visit them. Me and Pastor will do so tomorrow 
um, and the rest of the next couple of weeks, right? Um, I've already organized multiple um, visits, multiple times of discipleship. There's, there's things happening. Um, all that is just a, a glimpse of what God can do with us. If we're willing to take that glimpse and say, God, just, just allow us to, to think about that a little bit more. Help us to be um, happy and, and have gratitude towards what you've allowed us to do this past week. In the context of the passage, David had just brought back the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. He actually appoints 288 um, Levites to, to, to basically minister to the Ark of the Covenant. That, that means nothing to you, but basically seems this. He, he, <laughs> he nominates 288 people to sing and to give praise unto God. That is their whole job. That is all they have to do for the whole day. Why? Because he was joyful and joyous. The fact that God has now brought back the, the Ark of the Covenant. It's back in Jerusalem. And in his joy, he, um, he records his first psalm in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, 7 to 36. And in that time as well, he was rebuked harshly by his wife, Michal. Remember that? In 2 Samuel 6, 20 to 23. And because of her rebuke, she no longer has children. She's not part of the covenant which is given to him. It's interesting. Um, if you study that a little bit more. David desires to build a temple, uh, a dwelling place for God in the beginning of the chapter, but we find that God, God does not allow his requests. God does not allow his requests. And I'll touch on this a little bit later on, but sometimes the response to God saying no really emphasizes and really shows us who we really are. Because at times we feel like we have this self-entitlement from God. God, we put the work in. Therefore, you're going to have to do the work. But that's not true. That's not reality. God can, can do whatever he likes. And he will bless something as, as small as you giving a track out and inviting your friend to come to the service. Or he'll say, you know what? For this time, I won't allow them to come. Not yet. They're not ready yet. And so we continue on. So David's, um, so, so basically the, David's desire was to build the temple, but his request was not allowed. And it's really just two points for us this evening, simply this. David's gratitude is depicted in his humility. David's gratitude is depicted in his humility. Let's look at verse 18. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18. Then went King David in and sat before the Lord. Uh, the Lord. And he said, Who am I, O Lord God? Church, don't get, don't get to a point where you don't have this in your life. Don't get to a point where you're so busy doing the things that you're supposed to be doing, being the best child that you could be, being the best parent you could be, and fail to spend time with your God. And gratitude really allows you to, to take the time, as David did, um, after, after the rejection of his, his, his offer towards God. God actually turns around and he, he explains to David the Davidic covenant, which we study. That's seen in, in 2 Samuel 7, 8-17. So at first he, he was rejected um, for not... Um, 
God doesn't allow him to make the temple. But he says, because you have this heart, because you're seeking to glorify me, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to provide you some things, David. And he says this in, in, in verse 8 to 17, we find that um, David was supposed, uh, is supposed to have a child and yet to be born. That was Solomon, and he will build the temple instead of David. We find that the throne of his kingdom will be established forever. We find that David is promised that his throne will not be taken away from him or Solomon, even through this, their sins to justify the chastisement. David's house and throne and kingdom shall be established forever and ever. If you want to look at references for that, that's Luke chapter 1, 28 to 33, 68 to 75, Acts 15, 13 to 18. See, what's the, what's the big deal about this, Brother EJ? I, I think sometimes when we have some great thing that happens in our, in our church's life, we ought to go to God and say, God, we are grateful. We are thankful for what you've done for us. We are thankful for the opportunities that we had to direct traffic to park the car so that they could go in and they don't need to be flustered about where to park. Church, you did that. Um, the, the, the little things that we did, like, like taking care of the mayor. You, you might think, oh, that's, that's esteeming one person above the other. No, no. God is the one that raises kings and sets down kings, right? And God gives us a responsibility to take care of those that he's put up. And as we had the opportunity to show respect as a church, and which we did, praise the Lord, God was glorified. Men, when you, when you shook someone's hand, and I watched you guys at the time, when you were shaking Gress's hand and making him feel welcome, they're like, man, everyone's just shaking my hand. This is a great thing. Do you know what that is? That's your, your showing your gratefulness to God. And I know many of us worked that day, and many of us worked hard that day, but God in his mercy allowed that to happen. And we ought to be grateful. You know, we often say at the pulpit, when you pray with someone, you, you can tell their walk with God. You can tell what they, what they, how they respect the person they're speaking to. Um, I go to school, and I'm, I might have mentioned this many times before, but I go to school and, and some people pray at the school um, from different denominations. And the way they, 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 they pray to God like this. Yo, God, thanks for giving us this opportunity. Amen. I kid you not. And I was like, who's he praying to? You say, well, you laugh about that. No, no, there's, there, there ought to be reverence in your prayer. Because he is God. He is not just a God. He is the God. He's the creator of the world. And yes, I understand we can call Abba Father. You're, you're my father. I could speak to you like, like a son would speak to his dad and say, God, I have some problems. But you don't get, become irreverent with it. But what David did after hearing the blessings and blessings and blessings that he was supposed to have, not just himself, but his generations and generations to come, he turned around and he prayed. A sense of gratitude. He, he prayed a sense of God, you are everything and I'm nothing. Let's listen again. In verse 19, 2 Samuel 7, 19, David's gratitude is depicted in his humility. And this was yet a small thing in thy sight, O Lord God, 
but thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house for a great while to come. And is this the manner of man, O Lord God? He just received all of Israel. Um, he just revived all of Israel for returning the presence of the Lord by returning the Ark of the Covenant. He wanted to do something that wasn't selfish, that wasn't wrong, but his desire was rejected. But what he did first was not complain or gripe. He prayed. Spurgeon said this, there are some that profess who would do a great thing if they could, but if they are not permitted to act as a shining part, they become sulks and angry with their God. David, when, um, when his proposal was set aside, found it in his heart not to murmur, but to pray. Not to murmur, but to pray. So what is our response when all of your friends didn't come for the anniversary? What was your response? God, thank you for giving me the privilege of inviting my friends to come. Or were you angry and upset that they didn't come? What was your response when someone doesn't give you the respect that you are entitled to have? What is our response when God closes a door of a thriving opportunity? What is our response to that? Our response ought to be delving ourselves below God and saying, God, you are a gracious God. And I'm grateful for who you are. David's gratitude was admitted in his response. That response was prayer. When David received this spectacular covenant, he didn't think of it to make him any greater. In David's eyes, it made God greater. We should receive every blessing of the Lord with the same attitude. God's giving reflects the greatness of the giver, not the receiver. Does that make sense? God's, God's blessing and God's supply does not, does, not, does not reflect the greatness of the person receiving. It shows the greatness of the person giving. David's gratitude, secondly, going quickly, David's gratitude is shown in his acknowledgement of God's character. Let's look at verse 20. David's gratitude is shown in his acknowledgement of God's character. Verse 20. And what can David say more unto thee? For thou, Lord God, knowest thy servant. For thy word's sake, and according to thine own heart, hast thou done all these great things to make thy servant known them. Verse 22. Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. God is a keeper of his word. God is a keeper of his word. In his name, in his nature, in his persons, in his perfections, in his purposes, in his promises, are all depicted in his works. And he is a keeper of his word. Let's look at verse 21. For thy word's sake. You know, to, um, today, there are many people are, are, are looking to God and saying, God, where's, where are you? Where's your works? Where's the miracles that, that, that happened in the Old Testament? Where's the people getting saved in regards to, to perishing? And, and why are there so many, um, so many killings and so many deaths and and all these things that a lot of people ask the questions for, and they're, they're relevant questions in their life because they're watching the news, and if you watch the news, you, 
get a little bit depressed. But the Bible is a more sure word. And God does not have to give any more spectacular miracles. God does not have to do any more of those great things. But see, He's given us this, the Word of God. And God is a keeper of His Word. And do what mean to be grateful for that? I'll tell you why. Because He's given us the Word entirely. There's no other book that you need to go to. It's here. We don't need to do any more excavations and try to figure out if there's any secret things that God didn't put in here. No, this is all of it. That's why when you're a Bible-believing Christian, you're a Christian that glorifies God. Why? Because you're basing your life on this. It was interesting. I had a chat with one of our members on Sunday, and, and, and I said to him, um, why, do you, why do you believe this way? Why do you think this way? And he would tell me things like emotions. He will say, sometimes I just don't feel like I'm saved. And you know what you do? You get the Bible out and you show them who can separate us from the love of God. You take the Bible out and say, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You, you take the Bible out and you show him scripture after scripture. And that's all I did for 15 minutes was sharing scripture after scripture saying, hey, the Bible says this. Your feelings may say whatever it wants to say, but as long as you're standing on the word of God, God keeps his promises. And you know what? David's gratitude was admitted in his prayer. Why? Because he acknowledged God's character. He's the keeper of the word. We also see the same concept in verse 22b. Um, it says this, according to all that we have heard with our ears. That's in reference to um, all of the, the great things that, that David was was to pass down from generation. Every, every king had to write the scriptures. Every king had to write down the history of their nation. And from generation to generation, that was concerning the land of Egypt, the, the wilderness, the favor of the Israelites compared to those that are in Canaan, all these things about the great God directing them. But all this came out of prayer. All this came out of prayer. Nextly, that God is the only God. God is the only true God. Verse 22. Wherefore thou, art, um, wherefore thou art great, O Lord God. For there is none like thee, neither is there any, um, isn't that there is any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. His essence, his attributes, his greatness his goodness, his mercy, his faithfulness. There is none like our God. As we caught a glimpse of the potential influence and impact of our church on Sunday, both in our personal and community, uh, community areas, I pray that you were blessed. As you served, I pray that God blessed you as you served. Uh, I want to thank those that, that took the time to invite guests to come. Um, I know pastor would say the same. For months and months, many of you strived and invited guests, and they came, and they heard the clear presentation of the gospel. You know, we found in our, in our little um, connection cards another four people that want to receive Jesus Christ. 
It just ceases to amaze me. You know, I heard also that those, those children saved in the children's ministry. You know, that's not including the eight that were saved in the main auditorium. You know, time and time again, I, I talked to people on the phone. and I called one of the guys that, that Doc, you, you talked to. He lives in Duneside. I said, so, so if you were to die today, where would you go? Well, according to the Bible, I'd be going to heaven. I said, great, praise the Lord. Can I drop off a Bible to you? He said, you know what? Dr. Fabian gave me a Bible. I still, I'm actually holding it right now. That's what he said. And so church, our impact in our community, in our personal lives, and even the, 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 the fact that you invited your friends, and yeah, maybe they didn't come, but you got to, to have that opportunity. Thank you for that. Thank you for serving. For all the ushers that did something, thank you for doing that. For those people that sat next to the politicians and, 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 and befriended them and helped them and encouraged them, thank you for doing that. For those that, that, that did minimal things, but pray. Thank you. But let us not forget to thank God. And, be grat- and our gratitudes permeate towards God. Because all of that would have been a farce, would have been a waste of time if God was not glorified. And let me tell you, God was glorified. And even our members are saying great things about us. And those that I talk to on the phone, those that we follow up, they're always speaking great things about our church and our God. Let us continue our service for the Lord, not in the sense of negative entitlement, like, God, you need to do this because we work. No, no. We thank you for doing this. And let our gratitude be seen in our prayer, a prayer grace with gratitude. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this evening. Thank you for just a time of looking into the word of God and seeing how David reacted and responded to your blessing, but also your rejection at times. And I pray, Lord, that you just help us to grow and help us, Lord, to be Grace, uh, have gratitude in our prayer and Lord our response towards you. Thank you for your grace in Jesus name. Amen.